This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Sterling Fox in for Mike Smith on this Monday morning, joined on the line by Keith Baldry, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief. Keith, good morning. Hello. Ah, oh, there you are. Uh, there yes, you are, yes, Keith. Yes, here I am. Getting all set for the big uh, announcement in about a half hour's time. A lot of British Columbians excited today, and, and we know it's going to be a good news announcement, Keith, because not, it's not just the Premier and Dr. Bonnie Henry and Mr. Dix. There are several other ministers who are going to share the spotlight. So when they gather that kind of uh, crew together, uh, it's got to be a good news story for for 1030, <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident we're going to get the green the green light for tomorrow's reopening. What are you hearing? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you don't see John Horgan at a news conference these days, generally, unless it's uh, to share some positive news. So, uh, particularly when he's on the stage with Dr. Bonnie Henry. So, yeah, we're going to get uh, the green light to go to stage two uh, starting tomorrow, which means, uh, you know, theater's open. Uh, you can have, uh, uh, again, larger gatherings outdoors, 50 people and such. Uh, it's not as big a reopening as we're going to see on July 1st, but right. significantly more than we saw a couple months ago. It's almost a psychological thing, I think, for most people, just that we're now at the point of signaling there's 75% of us plus have been vaccinated with at least one dose. And we're just going to be able to go to uh, restaurants and uh, dinner parties and such uh, with, in greater numbers than we were a few months ago when we were still sort of hunkered down trying to uh, fight this virus. But our case numbers have been declining every day. Yes. Hospitalizations are going down. Um, again, it's uh, the ICU, people in ICU is going down as well. So at the, the stage is set for reopening a little more. But again, not entirely. This is going to be done in stages until we get to September. Yeah. So, and, and we, you're right. We've been tracking those uh, measurable metrics uh, constantly for a long time, and it's been a real relief over the past many weeks now, Keith, to see those numbers really uh, establishing a downward trend pattern that uh, is very comforting. But there's this there's this X factor right now called the Delta variant, mm-hmm. um, and I expect Dr. Henry will address that to some extent at the press conference later in the hour. But what do you know? about the level of concern here in BC about that Delta variant. So the the latest report from the Center Center for Disease Control on Friday comes out every Friday in terms of a report on the variants of concern. There are three variants of concern in BC that are circulating. Uh, and these are, it's now assumed that almost all cases in B, of COVID cases, uh, COVID-19 cases in BC are one of the variants of concern. The most okay. common one for for a long time was the Alpha variant, the UK variant, the B117. That has now um, been overtaken by the P1 variant, originally discovered in Brazil. They're about 46, um, 45% each. But the Delta variant, very small in numbers, but it's been increasing by the greatest amount. It went from 3% of the cases uh, in late May to the latest number is 9% of the cases. Mm-hmm. Delta variant is seen as a little more, is more serious. It's more transmissible. It can lead to more se- serious uh, illness and more hospitalizations. That, that, that's what we've seen in other jurisdictions. It is now the dominant uh, variant of concern in the U.K., it's also probably going to be the dominant variant of concern in Ontario. 
It's infected 11 people who had double doses in in an Alberta hospital. Mm -hmm. It's now on the rise in the United States, and it's expected to uh, wreak havoc in the American South where there's low vaccination numbers. But in B.C., so far, Dr. Henry has said, we have this under control. And I assume uh, she's. I'm, if I'm in the queue today, I'll probably ask her about it. Uh, are, how concerned are we about the Delta variant? Because that could wreck everything. But right now, it's not. It hasn't. Even though we have a, a, an increase of the Delta variant in terms of cases, it has not translated into more COVID more COVID cases. It has not translated into more hospitalizations or ICU numbers or even more deaths. So, that's the good news in BC right now. Okay, and we'll look for more clarification on that from Dr. Henry uh, in in the uh, press conference later in the hour. Uh, Next door in Alberta, Jason Kenney on Twitter yesterday announced a lottery for Albertans where I guess vaccine hesitancy is at a greater percentage of the population than here in B.C. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a couple of lucky Albertans are going to get a shot and pick up a million bucks for their troubles. And there are several other cash prizes uh, in the the package as well. Uh, And Albertans seem to be embracing the concept but what about mr horgan doing such activity here in bc no so it's very interesting <laughs> to, to contrast the different approaches in this pandemic and we've talked about this before starting right from the day one i remember being in john horgan's office and i haven't been there since but this is back in march of 2020 and he said i'm not going to be the face of this uh i'm not leading this in the public eye this is going to be Dr. Henry, Minister Dix, Minister Farmworth, other ministers are going to be the, right. the faces. Jason Kenney and Doug Ford made a completely different uh, decision where they decided they were going to be the faces. And it's been to their detriment. Um, mm-hmm. John Horgan's approval numbers in the latest Angus repo still cont- continue to be quite high. Jason Kenney and Doug Ford are among the two most uh, least popular premiers in the entire country because True. a number of public health measures have gone sideways in both of those provinces. It's interesting, again, Jason Kenney's in a lot of trouble, and he figures the way out of this is to be Jason Kenney in front of everyone. So he's the guy announcing the lottery. It's not his minister. It's not the chief public health officer. It's him. And I'm not sure this is going to work for him. Hopefully it gets more people vaccinated, which is the goal here. But again, he tries to use this as a political vehicle to improve his image. And it just has had the exact opposite effect throughout this pandemic as it's had with Doug Ford. Yes, the incredibly unpopular Doug Ford, by the way, is about to reopen his provincial border with the very popular Francois Legault's yes. Quebec in a couple of days. This is something we've not seen here in Western Canada, but in the and it's not the first time it, in, with the closure of the Ontario-Quebec border since this crisis began a year and a half ago. It's been closed again, and now they're going to reopen it again. Yeah, the numbers are starting to look better in Ontario. They're going, you know, there's almost 500 cases reported today, but that's that's numbers going down on a daily average. Uh, it's not going to, you know, get to zero, just like we're not going to get to zero anytime soon. Right. It's been stabilizing in Quebec for some time. So the border's reopening on Wednesday. We've never closed the border with Alberta. There's been talk about that, but mm-hmm. uh, the decision has been made. No, there's it's just not practical, and it's not going to have the impact a lot of people think it's going to have. But Ontario's... You know, Doug Ford's administration is like a yo-yo when it comes to public health. They go up, they go down, they change their minds, it's mm-hmm. inconsistent, they close things, they open things, um, there's no rhyme or reason. 
but now they're going to open the border to non-essential travel on Wednesday, and then later they're going to open the Manitoba border. Uh, Manitoba has been in a more serious situation of COVID-19 True. for some time, which mm-hmm. is why it's slower to open that. But um, again, BC's numbers are in much better places than a number of these other provinces, which is why we've not had the restrictions other provinces have had. Sure. And as long as we're talking borders for just another second before the break here, Keith, Mr. Horgan has not been a fan of the reopening of the Canadian-American border here at Peace Arch and other crossings. Uh, The federal government is under increasing pressure to reopen the border with the United States. Has Mr. Horgan's position changed at all? No, he's still, um, I think he's sort of accepting that the border will open earlier than he wants. He talks about two polls being now in September. He thinks the border will open sometime in between. The tourism industry is putting enormous pressure on on both governments because this is their make-or-break season. But we're not going to have two doses in people's arms in Canada to any large degree until at least August. The United States has more double doses, but they're nowhere near herd immunity. They've hit a wall in vaccinations in the United mm-hmm. States as well. So opening the border, maybe sometime this summer, but I think if it's going to be summer, it's going to be late. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Summer. Sterling Fox in for Mike Smith on this Monday. Today is your first chance to win in the famous Father's Giveaway, because, of course, Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. Listen for the cue to call and be the first to identify the famous father. If you are, you'll win a $100 gift card to Espresso Dolce, and you'll be entered into the draw for a DeLonghi La Specialista Espresso machine worth $1,000. So we'll give you the cue to call to identify today's famous father's voice a little later on in the show. We're on the line with Keith Baldry, Global's BC Legislative Chief, uh, Chief rather, joining us on the line also is Charles in Vancouver. Charles, good morning. Go ahead, please. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, just a uh, uh, curiosity that hasn't been brought up uh, to my attention, uh, the variance in the doses. Uh, I'm talking in comparison to an 80-year-old, 80, 80 uh, not 80-year-old, 80-pound 80 person in comparison to a 300-pound a person. Are the variances the same, or do they... Do they, do they yeah, I, I I assume that the, that there's just one dosage for all. Maybe well, don't. I, yeah. yeah. Your weight doesn't matter. It's a fair question. Yeah. Yeah. Your weight doesn't matter. Vaccines are administered by the dose, and the doses are all the same. So if you weigh eighty or three hundred, it's not going to change. It's a standard dose, a standard, standard human dose, and regardless of the uh, the characteristics of said human, it's it's adequate, and exactly. that's what they're after, right, Keith? Exactly. It's not based on your weight or anything like that. It's just the dose is a dose. Okay. To Abbotsford next. Benny, good morning. Yes, good morning. Uh, there's nothing to get excited about the announcements today. As long as that Delta variance is lurking, we've still got a problem. And what openings they are giving us really doesn't do much. Uh, we are still restrained to most of the activities that we like to do. So let's just be cautious here and wait till July 1st when more openings come up. 
so we can start to really enjoy life. That's a good point to make, Benny, and Keith made it earlier as well. This is a staggered reopening, very much uh, in in uh, phases. And tomorrow, we're going to we hope in a, in a matter of a few minutes now, Keith, to get that green light for phase two, which is quite short. Benny's right; July first is not far away. So it's about a, just a matter of a couple of weeks, and then we're into phase three. Yeah, and, and phase three is really the more of the reopening, uh, you know, green light to travel across Canada, gather in larger numbers, uh, both indoors and outdoors. But again, it's, it's, it, you're right, certainly it's a staggered opening. But Benny's correct, you know, the, the, the variants of concern are of concern, and we're not out of the woods yet. It's interesting, Dr. Henry's modeling last week projected we would likely have a slight rise in cases as we, we reopen and we increase our contacts with people, it's inevitable right. as the virus continues to transmit in our community, albeit by lower numbers because more and more people are vaccinated, there mm-hmm. could be a slight bump in the numbers in July and August, but that does not translate into more hospitalizations. And that's one of the, I've said all along, remember Dr. Bonnie Henry at the very beginning, keep an eye on the hospitalizations. That will tell sure. us how we're doing. And our number of people going to hospital has been declining for weeks now. And, and that uh, that is the key, isn't it? As long as as the, those hospitalization and ICU numbers keep going down, clearly we're on the right track. And there was one point, and I remember you making this point with Mike uh, last week or so, when we had the last long weekend, uh, Mother's Day, and we we've had a few occasions recently in which there have been greater opportunities for people to gather. And mm-hmm. those are the sorts of weekends that one looks for surges in. And frankly, there haven't been any, have there? Yeah, no, the Victoria Day long weekend. Uh, Recently, there was no bump up in the cases. In fact, quite the opposite. The cases continued to decline, even though, you know, people were probably traveling in greater numbers and gathering greater numbers, but they weren't certainly not uh, doing that in the same degree they were perhaps in previous long weekends. And that, that was just, that's just great news because numbers have been going down, not going up. You're right. Uh, we did have a chat with Walt Judas, the CEO of the Tourism Industry Association, on the weekend yesterday morning, Keith, and uh, talking about the the the. Uh, you're right. They are applying pressure on both our uh, provincial government and everything they can do as part of a national body on Ottawa, uh, just to get the borders reopened, even the interprovincial boundaries, which of course will be reopened, all things being equal, on July 1st. But there's an industry, a sector of our economy, an enormous sector of our economy that's absolutely desperate for customers. Yeah, and right now they're just going to have to rely on BC customers uh, for now, um, and albeit some other Canadians after July 1st, but we're not. I don't think you're going to see a flood of Americans coming up here for some time, and that's uh, it's brutal for the tourism industry, but until we have this thing completely under control with mass vaccinations and really low case numbers, I just don't see the border open. In fact, um, Prime Minister Trudeau has said at the G7 summit in England, this did not come up in the conversation with uh, U.S. President Joe Biden. So uh, we're still a ways away from that. Uh huh. And uh, what are you hearing at the legislature, Keith, about the B.C. response to this proposed a bill from the senator from Utah, which would make this temporary dodging of Prince Rupert, Victoria and Vancouver as ports of call a permanent thing for U.S. Alaska cruises that would impact our tourism industry at the worst possible time? Oh, it would take a place like Victoria. I mean, the downtown core here is just crawling with cruise ship passengers in the summer. Sure. Several thousand come ashore every day. Now, the bill would not prohibit 
cruise ships from coming here. And this seems to be Premier Horgan's attack, is that there wasn't much he could do in terms of standing up to Washington, um, being a provincial premier, but hoping that the cruise ship lines themselves uh, still say, well, it's worth it to take our, our passengers, our customers, into places like Victoria, Vancouver, or Rupert, just for the experience and the scenery and the shopping and such. And so there's still a hope that they will continue to come when the cruise ship industry is revived, but uh, this bill makes it more problematic. One of the issues, talking to Barry Penner, the former Attorney General, who's a, a lobbyist on behalf of the cruise industry, right, he yeah. cites um, rising docking charges from the Port of Vancouver and the Port of Victoria, which is sort of a disincentive for cruise ships to come here. So I wonder if that is one of the avenues to be redirected in terms of lowering costs to dock at our ports, and maybe that's in the works in the weeks ahead. In any event, we're not going to see cruise ships uh, uh, floating out there for some time. Already there's been reports, limited cruise ship activity, and what do you know? A bunch of COVID cases associated with them. Yeah, yeah, that's not never good news. Keith, I'll have to let you go because, uh, well, you've got to get in that queue to, to line up for the press conference with Dr. Henry and everyone else coming up in just a very few short minutes. Thanks for this, as always.